part one chapter ten of a raw youth this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org a raw youth by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnet part one chapter ten i woke about half-past ten and for a long time i could not believe my eyes on the sofa on which i had slept the previous night was sitting my mother and beside her the unhappy mother of the dead girl they were holding each other's hands they were talking in whispers i suppose that they might not wake me and both were crying i got up from the bed and flew straight to kiss my mother she positively beamed all over kissed me and make the sign of the cross over me three times with the right hand before we had time to say a word the door opened and versilov and vassin came in my mother at once got up and led the bereaved woman away vassin gave me his hand why versilov sank into an armchair without saying a word to me mother and he had evidently been here for some time his face looked overcast and careworn what i regret most of all he began saying slowly to vassin evidently in continuation of what they had been discussing outside is that i had no time to set it all right yesterday evening then probably this terrible thing would not have happened and indeed there was time it was hardly eight o'clock as soon as she ran away from us last night i inwardly resolved to follow her and to reassure her but this unforeseen and urgent business though of course i might quite well have put it off till to-day or even for a week this vexatious turn of affairs has hindered and ruined everything that's just how things do happen perhaps you would not have succeeded in reassuring her things had gone too far already apart from you vassin put in no i should have succeeded i certainly should have succeeded and the idea did occur to me to send sophia andreyevna in my place it flashed across my mind but nothing more sophia andreyevna alone would have convinced her and the unhappy girl would have been alive no never again will i meddle in good works and it is the only time in my life i have done it and i imagined that i had kept up with the times and understood the younger generation but we elders grow old almost before we grow ripe and by the way there are a terrible number of modern people who go on considering themselves the younger generation from habit because only yesterday they were such and meantime they don't notice that they are no longer under the ban of the orthodox there has been a misunderstanding and the misunderstanding is quite evident vassin observed reasonably her mother maintains that after the cruel way she was insulted in that infamous house she seemed to lose her reason add to that her circumstances the insult in the first place from the merchant all this might have happened in the past and to my mind is in no way particularly characteristic of the younger generation of to-day it's impatient the present generation and has little understanding of reality and although that's true of all young people in all ages it's particularly so in this tell me what part had mr 
stebblecoff in the trouble mr stebblecoff i put in suddenly was the cause of it all if it hadn't been for him nothing would have happened he poured oil on the flames Bursloff listened but he did not glance at me vassin frowned i blame myself for one ridiculous circumstance Bursloff went on deliberately dwelling on each syllable as before i believe that in my usual stupid way i allowed myself to be lively after a fashion this frivolous little laugh in fact i was not sufficiently abrupt dry and gloomy three characteristics which seemed to be greatly prized by the young generation in fact i gave her grounds for suspecting me of being a gay deceiver quite the opposite i put in abruptly again the mother lays particular stress on your having made the best possible impression through your gravity severity even and sincerity those were her very words the dead girl herself praised you on the same grounds directly after you'd gone y yes Bursloff mumbled with a cursory glance in my direction at last take this scrap of paper it's essential to the business he held out a tiny sheet to vassin vassin took it and seeing i was looking at him with curiosity gave it to me to read it was a note of two straggling lines scrawled in pencil and perhaps in the dark mother darling forgive me for cutting short my debut into life your olia who is causing you such grief that was only found this morning vassin explained what a strange letter i cried in astonishment why strange asked vassin how can any one use humorous expressions at such a minute vassin looked at me inquiringly and the humour is strange too i went on it's the conventional school jargon that schoolfellows use with one another who could write cut short my debut into life at such a moment in such a letter to her unhappy mother and she seems to have loved her mother too why not write it said vassin still not understanding there's absolutely no humour about it observed Versilov at last the expression of course is inappropriate and quite incongruous and may as you say have been picked up from some high school slang or from some journalistic stuff but the dead girl used it in that awful letter quite simply and earnestly that's impossible she had completed her studies and won the silver medal a silver medal has nothing to do with it lots of them complete their studies as brilliantly nowadays the younger generation again said vassin smiling not at all said Bursilov, getting up and taking his hat if the present generation is deficient on the literary side there is no doubt that it possesses other qualifications he added with unusual gravity at the same time many does not mean all you for instance i don't accuse of being badly educated on the literary side and you're a young man too vassin saw nothing wrong in the use of debut either i could not resist saying Versilov held out his hand to vassin without speaking the latter took up his cap to go with him calling out to me good-bye for now Versilov went out without noticing me i too had no time to lose come what might i had to run and find a lodging now more necessary than ever my mother was not with the landlady she had gone out taking the bereaved woman with her i went out into the street feeling particularly cheerful and confident a new and mighty feeling had sprung up in my soul as luck would have it everything helped to maintain this mood
i was exceptionally fortunate and quickly found a lodging in every way suitable of this lodging later but for the moment i will continue with what is more important it was past one when i went back to vassens to fetch my trunk and again found him at home when he saw me he cried with a sincere and good-humoured air how glad i am you've caught me i was just going out i can tell you a piece of news that i think will interest you particularly i'm sure of that i cried i say you do look cheerful tell me did you know anything about a letter that was preserved by craft and came into versilov's hands yesterday something concerning the lawsuit he has just won in this letter the testator declares intentions contrary to the decision in the law courts yesterday the letter was written long ago i know nothing definite about it in fact but don't you know something to be sure i do the day before yesterday craft took me home with him from those people on purpose to give me the letter and i gave it to versilov yesterday yes that's just what i thought only fancy that's just the business versilov was speaking of just now that prevented him from coming yesterday evening to see that girl it was owing to that letter versilov went straight yesterday evening to prince sokolsky's lawyer handed in the letter and refused to take the fortune he had won by now this refusal has been put into legal form versilov is not making prince sokolsky a present of the money but declares that he acknowledges his claim to it i was dumbfoundered but ecstatic i had in reality been convinced that versilov would destroy the letter and what is more though i had told craft that this would be dishonourable and although i had repeated this to myself in the restaurant and had told myself that it was to find a true man not a man like this that i had come yet deeper down that is in my inmost soul i felt that there was nothing to be done but to destroy the letter that is to say i looked upon this as quite a natural thing to do if i blamed versilov for it afterwards i simply blamed him on purpose to keep up appearances and to maintain my moral superiority but hearing now of versilov's noble action i was moved to genuine and whole-hearted enthusiasm blaming myself with shame and remorse for my cynicism and indifference to principle and instantly exalting versilov to heights far above me i almost embraced vassin what a man what a man i exclaimed rapturously who else would have done it i quite agree with you that very many people would not have done it and that it was undoubtedly an extremely disinterested action but finish vassin you have a but yes of course there is a but versilov's action to my mind is a little too hasty and not quite ingenuous said vassin with a smile not ingenuous yes there's too much of the hero on the pedestal about it for in any case he might have done the same thing without injuring himself some part of the inheritance if not half of it might well have remained with him even from the most scrupulous standpoint especially as the letter has no legal significance and he has already won the case the lawyer on the other side shares my opinion i've just been talking to him his conduct would have been no less handsome but simply through a whim due to pride things have turned out differently what's more mr versilov let himself be carried away by his feelings and acted too precipitately he said himself yesterday that he might have put it off for a whole week do you know vassin i can't help agreeing with you but 
i like it better so it pleases me more however it's a matter of taste you asked for my opinion or i should have held my tongue even if there is something of the pedestal about it so much the better i said a pedestal may be a pedestal but in itself it's a very precious thing this pedestal is anyway an ideal of a sort and it's by no means an improvement that some modern souls are without it it's better to have it even in a slightly distorted form and i'm sure you think so yourself vassin darling vassin my dear vassin i'm raving but of course you understand me that's what you're for vassin in any case i embrace and kiss you vassin so pleased yes awfully pleased for the man was dead and liveth he was lost and is found vassin i'm a miserable wretch of a boy i'm not as good as you i recognize it just because at some moments i'm different deeper and loftier i say this because the day before yesterday i flattered you to your face and i did that because i had been humiliated and crushed i hated you for it for two whole days i swore the same night that i would never come and see you and i came to you yesterday morning simply from spite do you understand from spite i sat here alone criticising your room and you and every one of your books and your landlady i tried to humble you and laugh at you you shouldn't say that yesterday evening when i concluded from some phrase of yours that you did not understand women i felt glad that i was able to detect you in it this morning when i scored off you over the debut i was awfully pleased again and all because i had praised you up so before i should think so indeed vassin cried at last he still went on smiling not in the least surprised at me why that happens with almost every one only no one admits it and one ought not to confess it at all because in any case it passes and leads to nothing is it really the same with every one is every one the same and you say that quite calmly why one can't go on living with such views you think then that to me more dear the lie ennobling than truth's dark infamy revealed but that's true you know i cried there's a sacred axiom in those two lines i don't know i can't undertake to decide whether those lines are true or not perhaps as always the truth lies in the mean that is that in one case truth is sacred and in another falsehood the only thing i know for certain is that that idea will long remain one of the questions most disputed among men in any case i observe that at the moment you're longing to dance well dance away then exercise is wholesome but i have a mass of work to get through this morning and i've lingered on with you till i'm late i'm going i'm going i'm just off one word only i cried after seizing my trunk my throwing myself on your neck again it's simply because when i came in you told me this news with such genuine pleasure and were so glad i had found you and after the debut incident this morning that real gladness of yours turned my youthful ardent soul to you again well good-bye good-bye i'll do my best not to come in the future and i know that that will please you very much as i see from your eyes and it will be an advantage to both of us chattering like this and almost spluttering in my joyful babble i hauled up my trunk and set off with it to my lodging 
what delighted me most of all was that versilov had been so unmistakably angry with me and had been unwilling to speak to me or look at me as soon as i had deposited my trunk i at once flew off to my old prince i must confess that i had rather felt not seeing him those two days besides he would no doubt have heard already about versilov two i knew he would be delighted to see me and i protest that i should have gone apart from versilov altogether what had alarmed me yesterday and that morning was the thought that i might meet katerina nikolaevna but now i was afraid of nothing he embraced me joyfully about versilov have you heard i began forthwith on the great news cher enfant my dear boy it's so magnanimous so noble in fact it made an overwhelming impression even on killian this was the clerk downstairs it's injudicious on his part but it's magnificent it's heroic one must cherish the ideal yes one must mustn't one we were always agreed about that my dear boy we always have agreed where have you been i wanted very much to come and see you but i didn't know where to find you for i couldn't go to versilov's anyway though now after all this you know my boy i believe it's by this he has always conquered the women's hearts by these qualities no doubt of it by the way for fear i forget it i've been saving this up for you a very low fellow a ridiculous fool abusing versilov to my face yesterday used the expression that he was a petticoat prophet what an expression was it his own expression i have been treasuring it up for you a petticoat prophet mais c'est charmant ha ha but that fits him so well or rather it doesn't foo but it's so apt at least it's not apt at all but never mind never mind don't worry yourself look upon it simply as a bon mot it's a capital bon mot and do you know it has a deep significance there's a perfectly true idea in it that is would you believe it in fact i'll tell you a tiny little secret have you noticed that girl olympiata would you believe it she's got a little heartache for andrei petrovitch in fact it goes so far as cherishing a uh, cherishing what doesn't she deserve i cried with a gesture of contempt mon cher don't shout it's all nonsense it may be you're right from your point of view by the way what was the matter with you last time you were here and katerina nikolaevna arrived you staggered i thought you were going to fall down and was on the point of rushing to support you never mind that now the fact is i was simply confused for a special reason you're blushing now and you must rub it in of course you know that she's on bad terms with versilov and then all this so it upset me ek leave that later yes let's leave it i'm delighted to in fact i've been very much to blame in regard to her and i remember i grumbled about her to you forget it my dear she will change her opinion of you too i quite foresee that ah here's prince sergey a handsome young officer walked in i looked at him eagerly i had never seen him before i call him handsome for every one called him so but there was something not altogether attractive in that handsome young face i note this as the impression made the first instant my first view of him which remained with me always he was thin and finely built with brown hair a fresh but somewhat sallow skin and an expression of determination 
there was a rather hard look in his beautiful dark eyes even when he was perfectly calm but his resolute expression repelled one just because one felt that its resoluteness cost him little but i cannot put it into words it is true that his face was able to change suddenly from hardness to a wonderfully friendly gentle and tender expression and what is more with unmistakable frankness it was just that frankness which was attractive i will note another characteristic in spite of its friendliness and frankness his face never looked gay even when he laughed with whole-hearted mirth there was always a feeling that there was no trace in his heart of genuine serene light-hearted gaiety but it is extremely difficult to describe a face like this i am utterly incapable of it in his usual stupid way the old prince hastened to introduce us this is my young friend arkady andreyevitch dolgoruki again andreyevitch the young man turned to me with redoubled courtesy but it was evident that my name was quite unknown to him he's a relation of andrey petrovitch's murmured my vexatious old prince how tiresome these old men sometimes are with their little ways the young man at once realized who i was Ach! i heard of you long ago he said quickly i had the very great pleasure of making the acquaintance of your sister lizaveta makarovna last year at luga she talked to me about you too i was surprised there was a glow of real pleasure in his face excuse me prince i answered drawing back both my hands ah to tell you frankly and i am glad to be speaking in the presence of our dear prince that i was actually desirous of meeting you and quite recently only yesterday desired it with very different motives i tell you this directly although it may surprise you in short i wanted to challenge you for the insult you offered to versalaf a year and a half ago in ems and though perhaps you would not have accepted my challenge as i am only a schoolboy and not of age yet i should have sent you the challenge however you might have taken it or whatever you might have done and i confess i have the same intentions still the old prince told me afterwards that i succeeded in pronouncing these words with great dignity there was a look of genuine distress on the young man's face you didn't let me finish he answered earnestly the real cordiality with which i greeted you is due to my present feeling for andrey petrovitch i am sorry i cannot at once tell you all the circumstances but i assure you on my honour that i have long regarded my unfortunate conduct at ems with the greatest regret i resolved on my return to petersburg to make every reparation within my power that is literally to make him an apology in any form he might select the highest and weightiest considerations have caused this change in my views the fact that we were at law with one another would not have affected my determination in the least his action in regard to me yesterday has so to speak moved me to the depths of my soul and even now would you believe it i can't get over it and now i must tell you i have come to the prince to inform him of an astounding circumstance three hours ago that is just at the time when he was drawing up the deed with the lawyer a friend of andrey petrovitch's came to me bringing a challenge from him to a duel a formal challenge for the affair at ems 
he challenged you i cried and i felt that my eyes glowed and the blood rushed into my face yes challenged me i at once accepted the challenge but resolved before our meeting to send him a letter in which i explained my view of my conduct and my deep regret for my horrible blunder for it was only a blunder an unlucky fatal blunder i may observe that my position in the regiment forced me to run the risk of this duel and that by sending such a letter before our meeting i have exposed myself to public censure do you understand but in spite of that i made up my mind to send it and i have only not done so because an hour after the challenge i received another letter from him in which he apologizes for having troubled me asks me to forget the challenge and adds that he regrets his momentary outburst of cowardice and egoism his own words so that he relieves me from all obligation to send the letter i had not yet dispatched it but i have come to say something about this to the prince and i assure you i have suffered far more from the reproaches of my conscience than any one is this sufficient explanation for you arkady makarovitch for the time at any rate will you do me the honour to believe in my complete sincerity i was completely conquered i found a perfect frankness which was the last thing i had expected indeed i had expected nothing of this kind i muttered something in reply and forthwith held out both hands he shook both of them in his delightedly then he drew the old prince away and talked to him for five minutes in the latter's bedroom if you want to do me particular pleasure he said frankly in a loud voice addressing me as he came out of the prince's room come back straight with me and i will show you the letter i am just sending to andrei petrovitch and with it his letter to me i consented with the utmost readiness my old prince made a great bustle at seeing us off and called me too apart into his room for a minute mon ami how glad i am how glad i am we'll talk of it all later by the way i've two letters here in my portfolio one has to be delivered with a personal explanation and the other must go to the bank and there too and he at once gave me two commissions which he pretended were urgent and required exceptional effort and attention i should have to go deliver them myself give a receipt and so on ah you are cunning i cried as i took the letters i swear all this is nonsense and you've no work for me to do at all you've invented these two jobs on purpose to make me believe that i am of use and not taking money for nothing mon enfant i protest that you are mistaken they are both urgent matters cher enfant he cried suddenly overcome by a rush of emotion my dear young friend he put both hands on my head i bless you and your destiny let us always be as true-hearted as to-day as kind-hearted and good as possible let us love all that is fair and good in all its varied forms well enfin enfin rendons grâce et je te Beni. he could not go on but whimpered over my head i must confess i was almost in tears too anyway i embraced my queer old friend with sincere and delighted feeling we kissed each other warmly three prince sergey as i shall call him that is prince sergey petrovitch sokolsky drove me in a smart victoria to his flat and my first impression was one of surprise at its magnificence not that it was really magnificent but it was a flat such as well-to-do people live in 
light large lofty rooms i saw two of them and the furniture well padded comfortable abundant and of the best though i've no idea whether it was in the versailles or renaissance style there were rugs carvings and statuettes though everybody said that the sokolskys were beggars and had absolutely nothing i had heard however that prince sergey had cut a dash wherever he could here in moscow in his old regiment and in paris that he was a gambler and that he had debts my coat was crumpled and covered with fluff too because i had slept in it without undressing and this was the fourth day i had worn my shirt my coat was not really shabby but when i went into prince sergey's i recalled verslov's suggestion that i should have a new suit only fancying owing to a case of suicide i slept all night without undressing i observed with a casual air and as he immediately looked attentive i briefly told the story but what interested him most was evidently his letter what seemed strangest to me was that he had not smiled nor betrayed the slightest symptom of amusement when i had told him i meant to challenge him to a duel though i should have been able to prevent his laughing his gravity was strange in a man of his class we sat opposite one another in the middle of the room at his immense writing-table and he handed me for my inspection the fair copy of his letter to versilov the letter was very much like all that he had just told me at the old prince's it was written with warmth indeed i really did not know at first what to make of his evident frankness and his apparent leaning towards what was good and right but i was already beginning to be conquered by it for after all what reason had i for disbelieving it whatever he was like and whatever stories were told of him he yet might have good impulses i looked to it versilov's second note which consisted of seven lines his withdrawal of his challenge though he did it is true speak of his own cowardice and egoism yet on the whole the note was suggestive of a sort of disdain or rather there was apparent in the whole episode a superlative nonchalance i did not however utter this thought aloud what do you think of this withdrawal though i asked you don't suppose he acted from cowardice do you of course not said prince sergey with a smile though a very grave one and in fact he was becoming more and more preoccupied i know quite well how manly he is it's a special point of view his peculiar turn of ideas no doubt i broke in warmly a fellow called vassin says that there's too much of the pedestal about the line he has taken with this letter and is refusing to take the fortune but to my mind things like that aren't done for effect but correspond with something fundamental within i know mr vassin very well observed prince sergey oh yes you must have seen him in luga we suddenly glanced at one another and i remember i flushed a little anyway he changed the subject i had a great longing to talk however the thought of one person i had met the day before tempted me to ask him certain questions but i did not know how to approach the subject and altogether i felt ill at ease i was impressed too by his perfect breeding his courtesy his manner his absence of constraint in fact by the polish which these aristocrats acquire almost from the cradle i saw two glaring mistakes in grammar in his letter and as a rule when i meet such people i am not at all overawed and only become more abrupt which is sometimes perhaps a mistake 
but on this occasion the thought that i was covered with fluff contributed to my discomfiture so that in fact i floundered a little and dropped into being over-familiar i caught prince sergey eyeing me very intently at times tell me prince i blurted out suddenly don't you secretly think it absurd that a youngster like me should think of challenging you especially for an affront to some one else an affront to a father may well be resented no i don't think it's absurd it seems to me that it's dreadfully absurd from one point of view not of course from my own especially as my name is dolgoruki and not versalov and if you're telling me a falsehood or are trying to smooth things over simply from worldly politeness it stands to reason that you are deceiving me in everything else no i don't think it's absurd he repeated with great seriousness how could you help feeling like a son to your father it's true you're young because i don't know i believe that a youth not of age can't fight a duel and a challenge can't be accepted from him by the rules but there is if you like one serious objection to be made if you send a challenge without the knowledge of the offended party on whose behalf you are acting you seem to be guilty of a certain lack of respect to him don't you our conversation was interrupted by a footman who came in to make some announcement prince sergey who seemed to have been expecting him went at once to meet him without finishing what he was saying so the announcement was made in an undertone and i did not hear it excuse me said prince sergey turning to me i'll be back in a moment and he went out i was left alone i walked up and down the room thinking strange to say he attracted me and at the same time repelled me intensely there was something in him for which i could not find a name though it was very repellent if he isn't laughing at me he certainly must be very guileless but if he has been laughing at me then perhaps i should think him cleverer i thought rather oddly i went up to the table and read the letter to versalov once more in my abstraction i didn't notice the time but when i roused myself i found that the prince's minute had lasted at least a quarter of an hour this disturbed me a little i walked up and down once more at last i took my hat and decided i remember to go out to try and find someone to send to prince sergey and when he came to say good-bye to him at once declaring that i had work to do and could stay no longer i fancied that that would be the most suitable thing to do for i was rather tormented by the idea that he was treating me very casually in leaving me so long there were two doors in the room both shut and on the same side one at each end of it forgetting which door i had come in by or rather lost in thought i opened one of them and suddenly in a long narrow room i saw sitting on the sofa my sister liza there was no one else in the room and she was certainly waiting for some one but before i had time even to feel surprised i heard the voice of prince sergey speaking loudly to some one and returning to the study i hurriedly closed the door and prince sergey coming in at the other noticed nothing i remember he began to apologize and said something about anna fyodorovna but i was so amazed and confused that i hardly took in what he said and could only mutter that i simply must go home and stubbornly persisting in this i beat a hasty retreat the well-bred prince must have looked with curiosity at my manners he came with me right into the hall still talking and i neither answered nor looked at him four 
i turned to the left when i got into the street and walked away at random there was nothing coherent in my mind i walked along slowly and i believe i had walked a good way some five hundred paces when i felt a light tap on my shoulder i turned and saw liza she had overtaken me and tapped me on the shoulder with her umbrella there was a wonderful gaiety and a touch of roguishness in her beaming eyes how glad i am you came this way or i shouldn't have met you to-day she was a little out of breath from walking fast how breathless you are i've been running so as to catch you up liza was it you i saw just now where at the prince's at prince Solkowski's. no it wasn't me you didn't see me i made no answer and we walked on for ten paces liza burst into a fit of laughter it was me of course it was why you saw me yourself you looked into my eyes and i looked into yours so how can you ask whether you saw me what a character and do you know i dreadfully wanted to laugh when you looked at me then you looked so awfully funny she laughed violently i felt all the anguish in my heart fade away at once but tell me how did you come to be there to see anna fyodorovna what anna fyodorovna madame stolbaye when we were staying in luga i used to spend whole days with her she used to receive mother too and used even to come and see us though she visited scarcely any one else there she is a distant relation of andrei petrovitch's and a relation of prince Sokolsky's too she's a sort of old aunt of his then she lives at prince Sokolsky's. no he lives with her then whose flat is it it's her flat the whole flat has been hers for the last year prince Sokolsky has only just arrived and is staying with her yes and she's only been in petersburg four days herself i say liza bother her flat and her too no she's splendid well let her be that's her affair we're splendid too see what a day it is see how jolly how pretty you are to-day liza but you're an awful baby though oh katie tell me that girl the one who came yesterday oh the pity of it liza the pity of it ach what a pity what a fate do you know it's a sin for us to be walking here so happily while her soul is hovering somewhere in darkness in some unfathomable darkness after her sin and the wrong done her arcady who was responsible for her suicide oh how terrible it is do you ever think of that outer darkness ach how i fear death and how sinful it is i don't like the dark what a glorious thing the sun is mother says it's a sin to be afraid arcady do you know mother well very little liza very little so far ah what a wonderful person she is and you ought to get to know her she needs understanding yes but you see i didn't know you either but i know you now thoroughly i found you out altogether in one minute though you are afraid of death liza you must be proud bold plucky better than i am ever so much better i like you awfully liza ach liza let death come when it must but meantime let us live let us live oh let us pity that poor girl but let us bless life all the same don't you think so i have an idea liza liza you know of course that first life has refused to take the fortune you don't know my soul liza you don't know what that man has meant to me not know indeed i know all that you know all about it but of course you would you're clever cleverer than vassin mother and you have eyes that are penetrating and humane i mean a point of view that is i'm talking nonsense liza i'm not good for much in lots of ways you want taking in hand that's all 
take me in hand liza how nice it is to look at you to-day do you know that you are very pretty i have never seen your eyes before i have only seen them for the first time to-day where did you get them to-day liza where have you bought them what price have you paid for them liza i have never had a friend and i have thought the idea of friendship nonsense but it is not nonsense with you shall we be friends you understand what i mean i quite understand and you know we'll simply be friends no conditions no contract yes simply simply with only one condition that if we ever blame one another if we're displeased about anything if we become nasty and horrid even if we forget all this we will never forget this day and this hour let's vow that to ourselves let us vow that we will always remember this day and how we walked arm in arm together and how we laughed and were gay yes shall we yes liza yes i swear but liza i feel as though i am hearing you talk for the first time liza have you read much he has never asked till now only yesterday for the first time when i said something you deigned to notice me honoured sir mr wiseacre but why didn't you begin to talk to me if i have been such a fool i kept expecting you'd grow wiser i've been watching you from the very first arkady makarovitch and as i watched you i said to myself he'll come to me it's bound to end in his coming and i made up my mind i'd better leave you the honour of taking the first step no i said to myself you can run after me ah you coquette come liza tell me honestly have you been laughing at me for the last month oh you are funny you're awfully funny arkady and do you know what i've been loving you for most all this month is your being so queer but in some ways you're a horrid boy too i say that for fear you should grow conceited and do you know who else has been laughing at you mother's been laughing at you mother and i together oh my we whispered what a queer boy my goodness what a queer boy and you sat all the while imagining that we were trembling before you liza what do you think about versilah i think a great deal about him but we won't talk about him just now you know there's no need to talk of him to-day is there quite so yes you're awfully clever liza you are certainly cleverer than i am you wait a bit liza i'll make an end of all this and then i shall have something to tell you what are you frowning at i'm not frowning liza it's nothing you see liza it's best to be open it's a peculiarity of mine that i don't like some tender spots on my soul being touched upon or rather it's shameful to be often displaying certain feelings for the admiration of all isn't it so that i sometimes prefer to frown and hold my tongue you're clever you must understand yes and what's more i'm the same myself i understand you in everything do you know that mother's the same too ah liza oh to live a long while on this earth ah what did you say i said nothing you're looking yes and so are you i look at you and love you i went with her almost all the way home and gave her my address as we parted for the first time in my life i kissed her five and all this would have been very nice but there was one thing that was not nice one painful thought had been throbbing in my mind all night and i could not shake it off this was that when i had met that unhappy girl at the gate i told her i was leaving the house myself leaving home that one left bad people and made a home for oneself and that versloff had a lot of illegitimate children such words from a son about his father must of course have confirmed all her suspicions of verslov's character and of his having insulted her i had blamed stebelkoff 
but perhaps i had been the chief one to pour oil on the flames that thought was awful it is awful even now but then that morning though i'd begun to be uneasy i told myself it was all nonsense oh things had gone too far already apart from me i repeated from time to time it's nothing it will pass i shall get over it i shall make up for this somehow i've fifty years before me but yet the idea haunted me end of part one chapter ten